Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to Footballistically Arsenal. Uh, I'm Boyd Hilton. Little Will AFC is here. Will hello. Sparks. Hello, hello. hello. Resplendent in a um, Simpsons t-shirt. Yeah, it's uh, Homer's work attire from it's the good. Springfield Power Plant. It's very good. It's very good, good yeah. choice, I think. Well done. Good choice, apt. Very apt. Um, and Psychic Josh is here. I'm here, form. Boyd. I'm seeing you for the second time in two nights. Wow, what more can you want? Nothing. Um, what are you doing tomorrow night? Well, where, where was my invite? Where was, tomorrow, uh, well, where, 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 you... Where? Well, I said we sent out. I tweeted. I did a hosted an event last night. I know you're joking. Yes, yeah. <laughs> hosted an event last night with former um, Arsenal podcast regular Ben Winston. Oh yeah, who's now um, obviously living a life in California as the producer of James Corden's chat show. Indeed. And I interviewed him last night in front of a load of Jews. Well, right now, okay. I'm not saying non-Jews were barred, <laughs> but I don't think there were many there. A couple, maybe. There were a couple of German, couple, two people from Germany. I'm not exaggerating. Flew over. For this event. Wow. Yeah. They were so excited to see Boyd. They just never met him yeah. in person before. Yeah. No, they weren't. I think they, they, it was an all-true affair. Then I'm happy to uh, yeah. stand by and watch. I'm hoping it's a success. It was great. What have you got planned tomorrow night, boys? Because we tomorrow could do a hat night, trick. I might just have my own affair where I interview myself. Right. About, um, yeah, something or other. Arsenal bunch season. Of, another bunch of Jews. Huh? Arsenal season. Arsenal season. Well, we're doing that now. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so, Josh, let's, let's start at the beginning. Sure. With your ludicrous confidence that we were going to beat Sunderland away. It was like an away banker. You're making fun of me for thinking we might get, only get a draw there. You were you treating... You utter ludicrous popinjay. Right. Firstly, good to be back on the podcast with you, Boyd, and another yeah. week, um, another step closer to the end of this campaign. Now, uh, you were making it sound like a trip to Sunderland away was the equivalent of going to Barcelona with our you know, youth team or something, and I was simply pointing oh. out it, it wasn't. It was a hard game. We were well below the level we could be. Sunderland played pretty well. Um, I take the point to an extent that it was a, a tougher game than I expected. I think it was a um, we made it quite tough. I think we made Sunderland look quite good. I think we let them run the midfield. And I think we probably got what we deserved at the end of the game, which was a point that I think will still take us to where we will need to end the season, where we thought we would end the season when we started it, which was third or fourth. 
And it's disappointing. Um, I'm sure what Will. What was it about our um, our insane inability to come up with the right result that you thought you, we would get an away win at some point? I thought we'd done oh, pretty well um, against West Brom. To be fair, I thought we'd played some oh, really yeah, good fine. football. Yeah, I thought everyone was talking about how well we had played and we were showing signs of what could be. And Alexis was back to his most brilliant best and obviously scored um, fantastically well. And you just hoped they would they would kick on, but mm. uh, but of course they didn't. They were you know disappointing. The Czech had to make a couple of good saves. We could have we could have probably scored a goal, but uh, you know we got what we deserved, and we we you know sort of just this season just sort of peters out into what we hoped it wouldn't. Um, I'm sure we'll come on to what some of the fans have got planned for Saturday's game against Norwich, but I'd be interested to hear yeah, Will's exciting, view of the game. Exciting news of uh, demonstrations happening um, on in Saturday's game. Will uh, I won't ask you if you can take part, but what? So well, your, what's your? Uh, I mean that that mind-numbing tedium of the uh, of the nil-nil, yeah, Sunderland game. Um, were you there? You, you go away a lot, don't yeah, you? I was you there, there. Yeah, I was there. Yeah, you took you took a nice photo. You always, did you take love, a lovely photo? Yeah. You love a photo of a away trip away more than trip. anyone, because yeah. you've been every game this season. Yeah. And what number was this then of the season? Uh, home uh, away, it would have been eighteen out of nineteen in the league. Wow. So city to go. I did the same last year, and I thought that was kind of it off the list for was it sh- spot in life, and I just kind of went again. Were there empty seats in the in our section? Because I, I to be honest, I. You know, I'd uh, seen a lot of people yeah. trying to move their Sunderland away tickets on. There, uh, there weren't that many, no. no well, that's a credit to our fans, isn't it? What is the atmos- is a, I want to ask, actually. I want to ask, before we get on to the... I mean, yep. you know, what can you say about that absolutely tedious, misery, <laughs> atrocious, boringness of that performance that summed up everything wrong with <laughs> Arsenal? Um, but what's the atmosphere like away? Because at home... I mean, it's kind of like now, it's just no one gives a shit, as far as I can make out. It's, yeah. it's the home. Um, well, I mean, obviously, the last home game I went to was about 40,000 people there. Mm-hmm. But um, what's it like away? Because, you know, away is it a mixture. I, get, I hear people saying it's quite tense and unpleasant, and other people say it's, at least it's much better atmosphere than it's home. What's it like for you? Yeah, I think throughout the course of the season, it probably has. Um not not regret. I don't think regress is the right word. The right word. I think earlier in the season there was a general buzz uh, around the team, um, especially kind of just before we beat Man City. We went away to Villa. Our fans were in full voice that day, and we we were playing some really nice stuff. So everyone thought, you know, this season's got a bit of promise. Um, but throughout the season, I think our away fans, um, as just as much as the home fans, you know, just because they go away, I don't. It's not. They're more or less frustrated than the home ones. I just think normally when you look to a football team support, you look a bit more at the away sometimes because people label them as you know the hardcore, the diehards, or something like that. Which I, I don't agree with. Some people can make away games, some some can't, yeah. and that's completely fair. Yeah. Um, but it's um, it wasn't it wasn't that nice on uh, Sunday for me. Uh, I'm there to back my team. Um, I pay my money, and obviously I think we all pay quite a lot of money to go and see Arsenal. But I'm there to back my team, chant and shout where I can. Mm. And obviously at the end, three three banners came out, uh, and you know that doesn't really sit with me. Not, I'm not ardently against it, but I'm definitely not not for it. Was when there the, booing yeah. at the end? Yeah, was there the booing? booing at the end? Um, not just noise of discontent. Just kind of grumbles, grumbles. I'd say it wasn't there wasn't an ardent booing. I mean, we we kind of gained the point. It was quite a tepid game of football, um, and the banners came out, which you know I'm, I'm not not really into. I don't really take notice. When the banners come out, did people get annoyed with the people holding the banners up? Yeah, that, that, like, yeah. because people always have conflicting views. Yeah. People, some people feel that you've got to be there to support your team by. 
um, shouting, chanting and being as loud as you can whilst others feel it's a platform for them to express their views, um, however extreme you think they are. Mm. Um, so I, I, don't, I think it's quite a fair player playing field if it's in their way and it definitely wouldn't happen at home, I don't think. But yeah, well, The problem is sometimes when people bring a banner that other fans get upset because they, they worry that that is taken as the view of the, say, yeah. Arsenal away fans, where of course... An individual can just put a banner yeah. just for himself. It'll be yeah. interesting because obviously, that, so well, let's, there's this demo coming up on Saturday, the game against Norwich, which is, made, which is made the papers. It was covered in the Mirror, I think, and it's in the back page of the Standard. And I've got the, I've printed out the banner. There you are. Well, time for change. You've been holding that change. up. You've been holding that up, Josh, on uh, it's in red and white. Saturday, uh, Arsenal is stale. Fresh approach needed. Now, funny thing, what I was going to say was, what that reminded me is, I, I wrote an article last year. In fact. 18 months ago, I wrote this article for The Standard about my feeling about Arsenal at that point in time. And the headline was about how stale it was. It was all about stale, the word stale. Yeah. So the shocking thing for me is, I forgot about that I wrote that thing, that how <laughs> 18 months later, yeah. it's even more stale than it was then. The staleness has become tragic and embarrassing and shocking. So I completely understand. I, I think the clever thing... Let me, I'm going to say my bit about this, this, the demo thing. Mm. I think the good things about it for me are that it shows three... So the um, Black Scarf people and the um, Red Action people and kind of the Arsenal Sports Trust people. Yeah, but, but not, Tim was quoted in the, in the article quoted. on the back of the mm-hmm. uh, standard. Yeah. So they've all come together and, it, and it's basically a display of our discontent for the cameras, so that they'll get the attention of this. It's, it's, it's on Sky on, um, yep. on Saturday, and it'll be showing match of the day. And I think that's fair enough, because I do think now, you two are like... You two, it's the same Jeff, Jeff Oster, was, which isn't here, because you three are like th- three of the staunchest defenders of the regime, of Wenger, and, you know, maybe, maybe I'm being unfair to Will, you can explain yourself in a sec, but <laughs> of the current situation, and I, think, I do think now, pretty much a big majority of Arsenal fans are utterly pissed off with the staleness, and I think whether you blame the board, Cronky, the owner, Wenger, they're all, it's one big mess of staleness, isn't it? So that's my reason why I think actually this demonstration is a pretty good idea. What do you think, Josh? Yeah, I understand the, the problems in terms of wanting change, and I think the reason that this will get attention is because it isn't just about Arsene Wenger. Um, leaving the club, whereas a lot of the attention on, on mm. banners in recent weeks has been centred around the, you know, it's not Arson FC, it's Arsenal FC, thanks for the memories, it's time to go. Th- this can incorporate and be there for a large amount of fans who have an issue with um, the club not spending money predominantly. I think that's what it comes down to for a lot of people. They feel that they pay the highest prices, as we all do for, for tickets, whether we sit in the club level or we sit um, you know, in, in other seats around the stadium. It is the highest price in Europe. And therefore, people feel that if there is this war chest of a, what is a conservatively, conservatively estimated £80 million, that why is some of that money not being spent? And I think the, this argument I've presented at various times this season, which... I, I don't want people to think I'm ever accepting of the situation or approve of a situation where our club is just idealistically fourth or, you know, and that's okay. Mm. But I just realistic and that's what it's become. But of course, that isn't enough for us as supporters, as fans who, who dream of, of sporting success, who, who wish we were currently Leicester City's fans where we could be, you know, dreaming of a, a title at Man United on Sunday. So... I think the opportunity to sort of come together in front of the sky cameras 
and just kind of say, you know what, we're, we're not necessarily against the manager, we're not really for the manager, we're just not happy with the current state of affairs at the club is, is you know, something that's going to be think, getting a lot of fans yeah, behind it. I think it. you're pretty much against the manager. This, this is part of the statement that I, that I printed out, which says, um, so there's, there's a list of um, things they're complaining about, yeah. uh, except from the Stan Kroenke stuff is about, I won't read the whole thing out, but the bullet points are the Stan Kroenke shows his period motivated by cash, uh, the complacent board with no football experience focusing on Arsenal as a profit-wielding entity. A board happy with Cronky making millions of pounds, those three million loans he gets every year for mysterious reasons. Um, so the vision of moving stadiums to become part of Europe's elite, which is absolutely right, we're not. We're nowhere near beginning in Europe. So yeah. the bit about the manager, it says, a manager who seems to be past his best, refusing to accept the modern game, to adapt to the modern game, sorry, and dragging us down through a lack of signings, poor tactics, predictable and often very often very poor performances and not being able to get the best of, from his team. Can you argue with any of that? Uh, I can argue with a group of supporters complaining about tactics and adapting to the modern game when none of them have managed at the top level and doing it in a stadium which Arsene Wenger has facilitated the move to. But at the same time, of course, of course I understand like the, the anger and, and the problems around the club. You know, it's been a quite disappointing season. No one, absolutely no one's saying no to that. But the... I just think it's a bit of a sad indictment the way football's going at the moment. Nobody wants to talk about youth players. Nobody wants to talk about tactics, the way your team's set up. Nobody wants to talk about that great young kid we've got coming through, like, like Chris Willock or we had like Jack Wilshere. Everyone just wants to talk about how much, well, if there's any how great... much cash everyone's got, how much, how much everyone spends, which players going yeah. where, who's going to Real Madrid. If we had a, 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 a great young sad. player coming through into the first team, we'd, be, yeah. we'd love it. We haven't. Which we do at the moment. Who's that? Alex Awobi. Oh, right. Has been Got given one. a chance in the first team and he's come on leaps and bounds in about five or six games. And, you know, um, it was quite a, a bad result at Sunderland. But at the same time, I like to look for little positives and stuff like that. And I like to bring a bit more of a traditional aspect into looking at football. And I just think it's football's going the wrong way a bit. You know, I think. So you think I, we're all spoiled? We're kind of spoiled. Um, I, I, I do. I do think we might be a bit sport because I was I was I've been up at Sunderland um, having a couple of drinks after the game mm. and talking to some Sunderland fans did make me it did make me think twice you know um, that we were having a chat about you know whether the top four is good enough or whether the manager's performance is good enough and stuff just general debate that comes up at football and two Sunderland fans were eavesdropping on our conversation and they went oh, I must be awful finishing in the top four going and playing Barcelona and Real Madrid away uh, and Bayern Munich and stuff like that when we're sitting here. Um, watching kind of Wes Brown and John O'Shea and his mates having to come and prop mm. us up every season. So it does, and I, and I, I completely understand that their season and, ticket costs yeah. X amount and yeah. ours costs Y, yeah. which is completely fair. You know, they're down that, that scale of the table. Do you think if a Sunderland fan, do you think if yeah. Sunderland had 100 million in the bank yeah. and charged the highest prices, as you said, yeah. and make statements like we want to be in the elite of world football yeah. and, all, and pay the manager 8 million a year, etc., etc., do you think they would be happy with this repetitious? A situation we have year um, after year after no, year. No, Do you think any, I mean, I think this is a massive logical flaw in the in the argument there because everyone says this to me. Every, oh, you know, imagine being and, yeah, and every time we, we do the, these podcasts, you every, know, every clubs, every you have every, every club set of have, has a set, yeah. set expectation Fine. and. Yeah. Your the reaction you give is always based on your expectation. Yeah. If Arsenal finish, uh, expect to finish cool. here, then our reaction is going to be X because we haven't met that expectation, and we all get a bit upset. Which is how football works. Unfortunately, I'm with but, you about, yeah. I know what you mean about modern football, but this specific thing about us. I mean, yeah. modern football dominated by rich, spoiled people. All that stuff. But this, but this, but this is why situa- we're not spoiled. We're why. being let down by everyone at the club. There, there is an argument here that you know we're talking about football and Arsenal going stale 
this season has, you know, on a general level in the Premier League, has probably been the least stale of all oh, indeed, recent, recent memories. Yeah. Well, it, it doesn't, it doesn't, because I think if you, if you consider the idea that actually in a season of complete turmoil at the top of the table where one of Manchester United or Manchester City certainly won't be challenging for the top four, where Chelsea are, you know, miles away, Wenger's so-called staleness in terms of consistency is still going to provide Arsenal in finishing within, you know, third or fourth, Let's assume we Easy. will finish that. Um, this is the same assumption that we're going to win away at Sunderland, Josh. This is the same Never assumption. Never assume. I, I'm still comfortable heads. that we will. End no, I think we. Which is what we predicted. We will finish fourth, so, so it might not be enough. Okay. Carry on. But we generally get to the conclusion of the point yeah. that Arsenal's staleness this season is yeah. still a degree of success. Um, well, that's the problem, isn't the it? You're staleness. defining success in the same way that Wenger and Kroenke do by coming forth year after year after year. Well, it's not it's complete not failure. It's not. We haven't had a season like Chelsea. It hasn't. All right. If it was complete failure, failure, what would complete failure be? Coming fifth um, in the competition, we never do any good at and always go out. Fifth would certainly be a, a All right. step so closer to failure. So say we do failure. come fifth, which is, by the way, possible. Say we come fifth this season, you two. <laughs> yes. What then? Then would you think? Then is it time for Wenger to my, go? My, no, no. My, what does he have my, to do? My, my, my How posi- cretinously bad do our season my, have to my, be? My position on the manager doesn't change from game to game. It, it stays the same because I, I from year to well, year. I was I was po- po- I was on this podcast about I think three or four episodes ago. Yeah, and I said I thought there was no one in the world who could come into this setup and um, do what Arsene Wenger is doing, which is consistently keep us at a level where we do go and play the top oh sides home and away really? in Europe. Yeah, no, I, really? I, it's not going to change. It, it doesn't. It doesn't change in three games for me. If you if you judge it. On but the doesn't hero it, now. Judge, judge him in May, which is in about a week's time, by the way. I, I'm actually a little bit different to, to um, little Will on that one, in the sense that I do think he would have failed were this team to, to finish oh, fifth. Good, you turned. Um, I have not turned. <laughs> I, I think turned. you will have turned if we come fifth. Well, I think we're, I, I, I don't envisage a situation where we're coming fifth because I think United would have to win four out of four. Um, of what's left and that we I can't see us failing to beat Norwich and Aston Villa at home you never know what we'll do at City away I mean it's still in our hands United would yeah, I just don't I just don't see it is what right. I'm saying therefore I don't see Wenger's so season as, as complete this definition of success this you go along with the definition that coming fourth is a definition of success it's not failure Fewer points it's than last year going backwards essentially it's, it's, I, I think it's this, factually going this, backwards. this season this season has it, been uh, a bigger disappointment than ones previously yes, I feel I in, in a lot of Wenger's previous seasons where um, we haven't won a league title we've been incredibly unlucky with injury um, I, you know, I can give you two concrete examples of where we have this season uh, I think it was in, maybe in our hands at one point um, but I think Definitely. we we all got we all got really excited when we when we beat Manchester City. The victory at home against Man United was some of the best football I've seen at the Emirates for years. So there was there. Were, I do think there were reasons to be cheerful. We didn't follow up on it, and unfortunately, we we've, we've got to go again next season. But it's been a very freak season in this league. Leicester, as much as I hate to say this, as much as it pains my my heart, <laughs> Leicester and Tottenham successes to football in general, not to Arsenal fans, have been a mild refreshment. In, in football in general because well, Leicester's been a huge refreshment le- yeah. well apart from the sort of mildly racist striker and the yeah. right back who's always every- misses and the financial doping yeah. which ha- that happened in the championship which got them promoted <laughs> put that all aside then, then it's it, it, it a fairy tale because, because they've got yeah. because they've got a cheap squad they've got players that are willing to play for the shirt and work for their fans yeah. and then you've got Tottenham who have picked up Ali from MK Dons and Kane's come through their academy etc etc that is great for me that's what football's about that's why I like going to see the reserves and I like going to see the under 18s trying to identify a player that's going to 
wear the shirt in a few years, like Bellerin has last season, had last season, and, and Willock might do in the future or something like that. It, it's been a bit of a refreshment, but I think the disappointment comes is because what we were up against Leicester and Tottenham was quite a settled squad, a good signing in check, uh, Ozil and Sanchez kind of lording it over some teams in various games. So, yeah, it's been, what can I say? It's been disappointing. I mean, I've, I've, I think I've attended every game this season, bar two. You and, deserve a medal for that, and, I have to say. And, 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 sitting and, through and, and, week and, after week of diddling around with the ball and getting to the penalty area and passing it sideways we've, and backwards. We've, oh, and, come on, we've, you don't we've, deserve we've had, a medal. We've, we've had some you nice... You do deserve a medal. No, See, no. we have been, we've had by some, and large, we've had one nice of the most boring season. teams out there, I think. We're one of, we are the most predictable team in the league. You know, that's why each, any, any manager worth their salt, any ga- this is what uh, happens constantly. I, I that's know, what happens I, I don't, I don't think boring, you predictable know. and stale teams get upwards of 70 points. Honestly, I, well, I, I, uh, upwards of 60. We've just, well, 60 Man United have been playing, well, the only rival in the boring stakes for a large part of the season is Man United. Man United have been quite boring in some games, yeah. but now you look, they brought Rashford through and oh, they've got Lingard yeah. and Fossi Mensah. And they brought Martial, who Arsenal fans dared to take the piss out of earlier in the season. We're not taking the piss out of it now. Well, hey, look, Martial is an incredible young player, but really that, that deal was incredibly, incredibly uh, stocked with, well, hidden add ons and bonuses look, and stuff shit. like they've that. They've got a really brilliantly exciting player who's refreshed. To their 40, team and their squad. Pounds. I don't give a flying shit. Why you wouldn't be happy? Why wouldn't you be happy to spend the money we don't need? What is it sitting there for? Paying Cronky a bonus of three million every other every year. What is that money there for? Apart from to spend, make a take a risk. This is why I feel. Buy, I, I don't know. I don't know. Fans will ever be happy. I don't know. If fans will ever be happy because we signed Özil. We signed Sanchez. They are huge signings. They are monumental yeah, we, signings. It's quite. It's, we, it's, this is a different season. We need. To, we know, do need we to push on. Anyone? Yeah, no, I, I'd, I'd like to go and get an Ozil and Sanchez again in the summer. I think everyone would. And there's a few players. No, I'd like to get a fucking striker. On, on the other hand, you know, Wenger's uh, love for finding someone out there who who might not cost forty million. Um, but he hasn't you know, even done that. He hasn't done that. But it, it, you know, <laughs> I mean, people, people it say had. it's impossible, and that the market has now become. Too saturated, too many people. But you know, Leicester have gone and proved that there are still bargains to be I found just, out there. Um, yeah. And therefore, you hope in the summer. The, the one thing about what, what the Black Scarf movement was saying, and I, I think what I was trying to say earlier, but maybe I didn't articulate brilliantly, was that much of this can be read as subjective. You can you can talk about the poor tactics and yeah. Wenger's statement, and, and it's kind of your, you make up your own view as a fan. I don't think it's, it's black or white. You you have your own opinion whether Wenger's substitutions that you hate after 65 minutes are definitely the worst thing in <laughs> yeah, football. Um, whether we are the most boring team in the Premier League. 65 revolution. Carry on. Whether we are the most boring team in the, in the yeah. Premier League, I would answer, you know, we're not. I think we have shown at times this season we, we're still capable of very, you know, good, exciting football. We have shown for too much of a season that we're not. Um, but I, so, what you, I, so you're I, saying is there's subjective points? Yeah, of course. Yeah, but uh, yeah, which it's is too subjective. Is that your argument? I think if you, if you're trying to, I, I don't know how many people they claim to speak on behalf of. Um, Actually, only their members. Uh, but I think sure, well, and, and, the and, idea, and, and there are many people that back these kind of views, and I get that, and I'm not disrespecting them in the slightest. And I, I take their points no. of view, and they pay no, their I, money. I, yeah, I'd say they that, pay their yeah. money in the same way I do, and they're completely entitled to their view. I just think some of this is very subjective, whereas the, there are hard and fast facts about how much money we do have in the bank that we could be spending on players that I think everyone will agree on. I just think there's some points here that okay, um, no, would probably okay. so obviously divide the fans. So it'll be interesting <laughs> quite how the dynamic of the stadium is. Um, yes. But I think there is, you know, the, the central point will, will be about, you know, wanting to see more investment in the squad. I would like to see that investment come with the, the manager still in place. You 
and some other fans may this like is, to see that money be spent by is, a different this is, an, this, is, this is an additional point of mine I mean uh, just to uh, agree with Josh there on the supporters group thing I mean I don't think anyone's um, tutting at the supporters group's motives with you know kind of these m- movements or protests or whatever because like me you Josh and everyone who probably listens to this podcast we pay a certain amount of money to go and watch Arsenal and they want the same thing for us we want the best for Arsenal we want to see Arsenal competing at the top top tier of Europe and, and that's fair we just have different ways of going about it I happen to just pay my ticket go and cheer the team on and you know I believe that the 11 players out there want it enough which I, I actually think they do I, I think the 11 players and the, or the 15 players or 16 whatever you've had on the bench do really want it and you can see the what do they want, and the want what? they want success I, how ev- do they define success every, fo- every footballer uh, the yeah. thing is with success you <laughs> can't determine it but you definitely want it so every player wants is it, it is it possible that it comes to the manager and the board and the owner who defines success as coming in the top four and of that's course, enough year after year, after year after year however after year. it doesn't mean they don't want it I, I, I generally believe if, they, if it comes to the matter that that is de- de- defined by as, as a le- our level of success that we're happy with isn't that the problem that we're defined by coming forth being in the top four getting this in the Champions yeah, League and but, it's just I, not enough anymore but, but, is it? but I, I feel this, this four thing is, is heavily uh, you know overlooked by the fact that we've had we have had two FA Cup victories in the last two years and I think the landscape of the FA Cup has changed a bit and for the worse. Um, if you look back to our team in 1971, winning that FA Cup was so massive for Arsenal Football you Club. You were born in 1971. I wasn't born in 1971, <laughs> but if you look back on <laughs> it, I'm and, not very good. and the team we had and the amount of games they played that season and the amount of yeah. hard work that went yeah. into winning the league title alongside it, you know, it, are, we, are we at a point now where it's a league title or a Champions League or... Get everything out. No, I loved winning the because, cup, but because, come on, it, it, it was the ultimate fig leaf, wasn't it? But winning, to, I mean, uh, yeah. and also, and it kind of underlines the fact that we went out of the cup to Watford in a shameful and one of our many, many shameful performances. It's the FA Cup. We couldn't even win that it's the fucking FA cup. game against but Watford. Ferguson's United went out to Leeds a few years ago. I, it, 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 does, it happens in cup football. Yeah, we were it shit in, in a game it, against it, clearly it, inferior opposition, opposition in the one tournament we're supposed to be expert at. Getting to the final. We are expert at it. We won it more teams Until this than... Season. Until this m- shitty season. M- more Let times me than anyone ask else. you two just some specific points about the, about the um, Sunderland game, which, which did... So there's a substitution issue. So he said, before the game, he, he said the thing about um, how uh, the, the stats show... Because people were asking, oh, are you worried about the amount of games we played in quick succession and you know, mm. having three games? And he was like, no, it's fine. It's absolutely fine. Mm. After the game, he was back to using that excuse that it was too soon after the previous game. So it completely contradicted himself. On top of that... On, it wasn't quite that simple, was it? Because he got asked the question, I think, about how the differences between Wednesday, Saturday and Thursday, Sunday, which journalists always seem to make a like big point out of. Because yeah. obviously it's the same number of days, and yeah. yet why is it harder and why do results get worse? And I think he made the point about, actually, the UEFA did research into how teams fare playing Sundays and Thursdays, and there was no negative... Con- like, yeah. uh, connotation yeah. but the answer was he was still making the point that it is difficult to play Saturday right like Thursday Sunday mm. and you are going to suffer in the third game of a tight yeah. three game series okay. and therefore we faded in the second half particularly in the second half so he, why didn't he make a fucking substitution what how can anyone defend it how I mean what is going on in the man's head 
Can anyone, you know, come any clue as to what he's just seeing there? Well, he's always, there's always something in the manager's head. It's not like he's sitting there kind of just thinking this will pan out nicely and hopefully we'll get lucky and score a goal. Obviously he has a plan. He's a top-flight football manager. But you that's, know, you're just saying, that's like saying, um, you know, the Beatles were a top-flight pop team. Eventually they split up because it, and they went their own ways because they ran out of ideas, presumably, or they just stopped. You know, it's, it's just a weird comparison. <laughs> it was great, weird, great, just something that came creative, to my head. Creative music. He's, he's been a top-flight football manager, but he's clearly not anymore is he because he has no he's no fresh ideas he makes lamentable tedious decisions he can't I think, even make a decision I, I think he just sits there I while think, we're clearly I think, running out of steam I think you're putting the state, I think it. you're putting the expectation incredibly high when you're saying he's got no idea in a league where Louis van Gaal who's a European champion Jose Mourinho has won that competition twice three times maybe they're below him you know it Unfortunately, it, it, it does happen. We can't have this high, the, the massively high expectations every season. But I could say to you, Jose Mourinho was a top flight manager, but he ended up ruining Chelsea the season, didn't he? And they got yes. rid of him. That's what other teams and do. I, I don't think when they, when they go, when, ended up ruining, ruining, ruining our season. But just saying he's a top... Of course, he's been a top flight manager, but he's yeah. clear... There is no... what I mean, I'm fascinated what people think is going on with you him. Gotta look at two, just, you've got to look at both sides of the coin. I felt that we played really well in the first 30 minutes, and he might have thought we could replicate that in the second half. Sunderland would tire. they push further up the pitch, leave more space in behind. Therefore, he brought Walcott and Welbeck on because he thought they might tire in the last 20 minutes and that's our, better, that's our best chance of getting a goal. I don't think it would have made much difference if he would have bought five minutes earlier on. I don't want Honestly, to... Honestly, no. Do you not... I just try to you, look at both sides. I like well, to... But there's a difference between looking at both sides... for rationality. There's a difference between looking at both sides and coming up with, for me, like the, the, the real... Uh, the, the fundamentalist support of Wenger is, is like... It, it does feel to me, and I'm not, I'm not saying this to you, but it feels to me, possibly to you, that it's brainwashing and sentimentality. So it's like you're so devoted to him as a figurehead yeah. and it's become such a part of your support for the club. And I'm not, you know, and I understand that, that you cannot conceive of him making apps or just either not making terrible decisions, making no decisions, failing to come up with fresh, any fresh ideas and if it being achieving a level of staleness that is... Almost beyond parody. Yeah, really. but I, I, I just don't think just a draw away at Sunderland is the way... You well, it's not just that, that to... though. It's week after week. That's what I'm saying. You have to say that, but it's week after week after week of, of the same staleness, isn't it? It's, it's year after year. Is it just... I mean, honestly, if it is sentimentality, well, if you, if you, fine. If you, if Are you if, sentimental no, no, for Wenger? I'm both of you. This is to both of you. Well, if you is say, it just... Because I was until saying, about two say, years You're ago. saying year after year. You know, I, I mentioned those two FA Cups, and people like to talk about this seven, eight-year period. In that period, twelve we, year period we, we, before we twelve really won I mean, the, I mean, since we won the league really, but we've had some great teams in that time. We've been to a Champions League final, we've been to a League Cup final, which we were incredibly unlucky to lose to Chelsea too. Yeah. We've had a lot of unlucky teams in two thousand and eight. We were eight points clear, had our be- three best, most influential players get injured, Bar Fabregas, <laughs> and we went and whittled the league away, unfortunately. And the but you're you know, going back I, in history. Isn't, is it just sentimentality, honestly, that's stopping you from, no, from, I, I, from uh, I, I, seeing his flaws now? Right no, now? This t- no, as we no. Sit I, here still, now. I, still, I still think he's definitely really? got something to prove. Yeah, really? absolutely. Yeah, honestly. Josh, do you, do you, is it just sentimentality that you just carry on supporting him? Make excuses for him? Don't recognise that he, he makes these bewildering non-decisions? Not being, playing Giroud again? Why did he pick Giroud? Why on earth? I mean, you know. It's, it's, all these, it's just insane, isn't it? I don't think it's insane to be It's not insane. Olivia I think insane is very Giroud harsh. Away, you know, for, for, for that game. Why you know, was yeah, I, I, scored? He, I appreciate he the point. He hasn't scored. Why would you keep playing him? Why? Because I don't think he's a, he's a terrible player. It's not like I'm not he's that... I'm saying he's a terrible player. He's not that much. He's not good enough. Your beloved Theo has not been exactly well, in form. He's not playing you, Theo, is he? 
That's um, the difference. He's no, dropped he's, he's bringing him He's, he's bringing still him playing on. fucking Giroud, who is one of the defining failures of the season. I'd say twenty-one goals is a failure, though. I mean, oh, it, really, in that, all com- really in all competitions, twenty-one. No, again, no, is it not brainwashing that you're accepting no, that Giroud no, has not think, had a? You, you re- you're sitting there in front of me now, saying Giroud has not had a bad season. A failure is eight or nine 12, goals. Twelve games without a goal. Twelve I've games scored in the league since January. Yeah, no, it's a shame. It's fine. It's not. It's fine. You're dealing with it. You haven't been brainwashed by this level of. Boy, this is a problem. This is when I worry that you're kind of happy when Olivier Giroud doesn't score because you can use it to go against the manager no it's just it's happened like, it's, he every, is fucking not good every enough every striker has a barren period Vardy no. <laughs> Vardy's goal record this season is phenomenal for a player who's come from his level but even in the last 12 games they had a stat on it and it's not even Mares as well it's not been as electric as it once was Giroud, <laughs> Giroud, Giroud coming up with the other players that have done really Ozil, well and are leading on. scorers this yeah, season Giroud, and now one who hasn't but because I'll he's done you. it one portion of the season so you're happy with Giroud so next year right it doesn't buy another strike you're still happy with Giroud who is we've got Danny Welbeck who's a, I think is a fantastic striker so you, but they're both good enough you're happy with no, them no they're not uh, yeah, so mate, when, they're not neither of them are good enough to win us neither us good enough to win the league. I don't think either of them are title-winning centre forwards. I, th- I think we've probably agreed on, on that before. They are, however, forwards that are you know a, 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 not necessarily the reason we're having a terrible season. I'd like to draw problems with the defence. I think of you know we, oh, well, we've looked really weak. I don't think we can all lob the problem about why we're sort of our season's completely petered out. But it must be a huge. It's a huge. It's not a huge problem to you that for years we haven't had a great striker for years we've had a mediocre striker effectively for years and years and years and he still hasn't found he still can't go out there and find a striker good enough for us to help win the league he's just not good enough I, that thing that Thierry always said that everyone had a going for it's absolutely been proven to be true and I'm not I'm nothing personally people think I'm personal against him I love I Theo for personal reasons I don't dislike I think he's a bit of a twat. I mean, I really do. I sit, watch him sitting there making that ludicrous expression on his face when he lamentably fails and falls over and he grins and he has his stupid... I think he's a ludicrous figure, probably. And if he played for any other club but ours, I probably would hate but him. I but I don't hate him. I do. But what I do hate is Wenger relying on him year after year and deluding himself into thinking that he's good enough to lead our team as our main striker. So this leads us to the, to the question. I happen to believe the striker market and the centre-back market is very, really, really saturated at the moment. There's nothing there. Of course there. they are. But, so? Will, so it's Arsenal. We must be able to go out there and find a central defender and a striker good enough to, play, to lead a charge to at least challenge for the title. You're a lot, really saying a lot it's of so te- bad a lot, a, lot of te- a lot of teams have tried and they failed. Falcao was once the hot property on the European market. And And other teams have tried and and succeeded. We didn't try. An English team took a punt on him. Two English teams took a punt on him and he has been absolutely useless. So you're saying Falcao, who cost a massive loan fee for Man United... It hasn't even got anywhere near what Giroud's contributed. This is why this is why I get a bit annoyed. I don't, Giroud's season hasn't. I don't think it's been a failure. Oh. He's had a very bad barren patch. But he scored at home to Bayern Munich. He scored away to Liverpool. He scored at home to Manchester City. That's for me. That's not a failure as a Premier League striker. Playing number nine in the Premier League is probably the hardest job any player can come across. And there's also and a I, correlation I between Ozil's assists massively dropping off. And, well, like, he and, must find it so annoying to play with Giroud. Just you, absolutely. I wonder. I also I wonder know, if mess- with Olivier Giroud, he has been playing in recent weeks because you've got a situation where uh, uh, Walcott is so horribly out of form, more than anyone else potentially in our squad. Welbeck, he's come well, back from a playing, very serious well, Giroud injury. Giroud hasn't playing, we know. Welbeck's come back from a very serious injury. 
only in February. Has Giroud been playing? I think if he simply played 90 minutes, 90 minutes or started, 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 you would worry about is, is that too much game time? Because no one really in our, our team, apart from Alexis and Ozil, when they're, you know, gets this play every game, every game, every game. So I'm not surprised that at some point, once Welbeck came back, that there'd been these opportunities for him to be on the bench. Because I agree with you that he's probably looked like the better option to be the main striker. Come the summer, do I hope there's a new centre-forward who is better than Olivier Giroud, who's better than Danny Welbeck, who's better than Theo Walcott? Of course course. I do. I desperately want the Black Scarf movement to get their way and for Red Action and for the Arsenal Supporters Trust and for all of us to get our way and see the significant sums of money that we want to see spent on world-class talent spent. Uh, We all all do agree on this. I just want it to be spent by Arsene Wenger. I still believe he is capable of forming a team that can lead Arsenal football club to the title um, in the next couple of years it will need strengthening it will need improvements but it is possible I think this season has proved beyond all doubt and it saddened me to say it that he's no longer capable and I think it's proved I think you know not buying any outfield player persisting with these players that aren't good enough not even getting the best out of the players that are good enough it's lamentable persevering with the same formation week after week never changing it tinkering with it slightly oh the whole thing is just it's just it's it's, 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 it's fair ground me to the ground will and it's been ground me out no it's it's fair but look he's he's got one year left I admire your staunch he has one year left on his contract which I feel he's earned with two silverware do you not think he earned his last contract no god no no this season has proved it's over it's just over and what's going to happen is, he's going to stay, of course he's going to stay, and they'll fail again to buy the players we need in the summer, yet again, because he cannot rouse himself. He's not, he even, I don't think he even gets excited anymore by the idea of buying a player, because he's so stubborn. I think once you start to question insane. if he cares or not, um, I just sad. think, no, no, I mean, I think, I, think, I don't think he He cares care. so deeply. I, so, so deep. Maybe, maybe my, if this he cared, devo- maybe, maybe this devotion you're talking about. I think his about, ego has got in the way. Maybe this devotion. I think if, if you stood back, if he wasn't so involved in it, he'd be able to see that maybe you should give someone else a go. Maybe this devotion comes from you know, being lucky enough to meet him a few times and having to talk to him about I football. And, um, I love I, him. I, I know, no, and, I love him at all. But the, I'd love him more if he Listen, he's to got go. one year left on his contract. For someone who has provided us with so many fantastic memories and you could say provided us with a stadium and a training ground, no. let's let him... I don't know why I'm saying let him. He's done so much more than I'll ever do for Arsenal. Let's have him in the hot seat for one more year and see what he can do. Uh, okay. Well, he will be anyway. So there's no point in even for me. For anyway, me, that's just how I feel. Anyway, we we've, 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 we're red faced and angry. Exactly. We need a drink. Yeah. Anyway, we have got to do the thing we always do. We predict what happens. We didn't. We ran out of time to do our separate podcast. We were supposed to do. So we're going to predict what we think is happening in the next game against Norwich. On Saturday, Josh? I think Norwich will come knowing that a point is probably a good result for them in, in terms of their relegation zone. So I expect it to be um, a fairly tight affair. It's not always the most exciting games when teams come wanting a, a point at the Emirates. We've had some fairly um, attritional games that we've seen when it comes to that style. But I suspect our, our quality, I hope, will be like it was in the last home game. And, and we'll come out on top, so I'm going to say 2-0 to the Arsenal. 4-0 Arsenal. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> no, You've gone I, off the rails. I, I think we'll win quite comfortably. I think Norwich are quite, quite bad. And I think we I have, think, I think a couple of players might get a chance. We might uh, try a, new thing, a couple of new things out, and I think we might win. A couple of new things out? Yeah, no, I, I don't mean I don't mean it's like bring, bring someone in. <laughs> you play 4-4-2? Ab, ab, abseil someone down from a stand or anything like that. I mean, you I mean, will change tactics? Campbell might come in. Make a substitution Campbell might come in. Gibbs might come in. It might look a bit fresher. Check, I think check wow. going up front. 
That's I look forward to all these exciting new things happening. Um, I don't think, think any exciting new things are going to happen. If you play Giroud, I may well literally not be able to come in to do the next podcast because I'll be so furious. Um, so in the presumption it reverts back to the world back, I think we'll just about grind out some kind of tedious 2-1. Yeah, to us. So 2-1. Yeah. Well, Thanks look, very much, Will, for being staunch, uh, if brainwashed, no, some pro, no, no. pro Arsenal pro supporter. Arsenal. Supporter. And Josh for, um, yeah, for, for believing. Being Josh. An absolute pleasure. Yeah. Always a pleasure to do the podcast. And uh, we we'll look forward next, to being back next week. week. Bye. Bye-bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.